Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 15. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing by House Flip Masters. Today we have a really fun and interesting guest that is totally going to help you make your money and have more success in your real estate investment pursuits. His name is Eric Lofholm. He's a master sales trainer who has taught the proven sales systems to thousands of professionals around the world. He's president and CEO of Eric Lofholm International, an organization he founded to professionally train people on the art and science of selling. He's been helping people make more sales, which translates into more money, for over 17 years and is the author of 10 books, including the bestseller, The System. So it was with great pleasure and excitement that I introduce to you Eric Lofholm. Thanks for joining us, Eric. I'm excited to be here. Well, I want to tell the audience just another little personal story. I've been going to Eric's trainings and seminars off and on throughout, I don't know, I probably met him, came across him seven years ago or so. And he really enlightened me onto, into how everything is selling, whether I'm selling my kids on why they should brush their teeth, selling my husband on why I should go get a massage, or, you know, there's so many things that we're trying to influence people. And all I think sales is, is influence. So what's your take on that and your definition of sales? Well, I think about selling as simply a style of communication that increases the likelihood that the other person says yes. So if you want more yeses in your life, then you want to learn sales. There are things that we can do to influence the outcome of communications and uh, do it in a predictable way. And it's something that anybody can learn. I agree. And you've obviously become very good at it. And I catch myself being better at it all the time. It's really exciting when you can see your yes ratio go up, whether it is to people in your personal life or professional life. And I'm just excited to open up people's minds. A lot of times I think real estate investors are often very analytically minded. They're not what I would call your typical salesperson. Often people don't go from a sales career to real estate investing, which does involve a lot of numerical analysis and a lot of deep thought, not as much interaction with people. In fact, I met someone online a few weeks ago who I was trying to have do some work with me for me, and he was doing a great job and he just would never answer my calls. And when I texted and emailed him saying, when can we have our next phone conversation? He says, well, I don't like to talk on the phone. I hate to talk on the phone. I'm like, okay, you are not going to make it as a real estate investor if you refuse to talk to people. So, you know, what kind of um, experience have you seen? And can people change, I guess, is my big question for you. Can people become better at sales and more salesy if they're kind of more analytical and introverted by nature? 
Yeah, so um, there's a formula to selling. That's why I wrote the book, The System. I actually started off uh, as a sales failure. So my background, it's, it's, it's interesting, real estate investing actually led me into sales. Wow. Yeah, I was um, a cook at McDonald's, and my stepmom, years ago, in my early 20s, she called me up and she said, hey, there's this real estate seminar that's coming to the Bay Area, and I think you'd really enjoy it. And so, I, I, all right, fine, I'll, I'll go. And so I took a day off my job at McDonald's and went to this, this real estate investment seminar and got really excited about becoming a real estate investor. And I ended up going to work for the speaker. His name was Dante Pirano, multi-multi-millionaire, one of the most successful people in any field, let alone real estate investing, incredibly successful guy. And I became his assistant which was a part-time job. And then when I wasn't his assistant, he had me doing selling. So that's how I got my start in sales. And my first year that I worked for him, I was the bottom producer at that company because I'd never been professionally trained. And I really didn't have any interest in getting good at sales because I wanted to learn real estate investing. Mm. At the end of my first year, my manager told me, you know, you're my bottom producer and you've got one more month or we're going to let you go. So I became interested in learning sales. And I met a guy named Dr. Donald Moyne, who taught me his system. And literally, it's, it's hard to believe, but within 60 days, I went from the bottom guy on that sales team to the top producer, and I've never looked back. And he taught me a system for how to approach sales, and it's really a system for getting yeses. And in real estate, you're wanting yeses, whether you're buying distressed real estate, you're selling the property, you're, you're dealing with real estate agents, you're dealing with investors, you're asking tenants to, to leave, whatever. There's, we want yeses in all different types of, of ways. And so I invite all of you watching this to embrace selling. So many people resist it, but embrace it. Um, because it, I was sharing this with you before we started the, the interview today, the biggest money that I've seen I've delivered over 2,000 speeches all over the country, many different industries. And I have spoken to a few real estate investment groups. The biggest money I've ever seen is real estate investors. So if you want to make big money, you're in the right spot. And it's just a matter of having the right skills in order to, to make that money. I find this a little ironic that you're saying, as a sales trainer, you see the biggest money in real estate investing because I tell my kids, you know, whether they want to do real estate investing or not, the biggest money I see is in sales. But, you know, it is true that in real estate investing, you can make huge money. That is definitely true. But I was like, you know, I speak from the corporate perspective. If they want to go to work for a company, you're going to make more and have much more income ability if you're in sales and you can just rock it versus being the accountant which is what I was. So yeah, speaking yeah. from experience, <laughs> I missed my calling. I should have been in sales because once I learned what it was, oh, I love it. <laughs> and yet I used to, um, I used to fear it. You know, I used to think that's uncomfortable. You're trying to make someone do something, 
but maybe you could speak to that too, as far as like a lot of people's perception is, you know, many people, you say sales, they think car salesman, you know, with word association or a pushy salesperson. They don't think of somebody helping them or my mindset has definitely shifted to think of a salesperson as an educator and a helper and someone with a solution to help you, which is not always true. But, you know, what can you say to maybe help people shift their mindset from it being a negative thing to a helpful thing where you're helping someone. Yeah. I mean, to your point, my view on sales selling is about helping people selling equals service. Sell from honesty, integrity, and compassion. Selling is about leading. Selling is about moving people to action. And in real estate, and this is true in so many different industries, it's, it's really about um, solving problems. If somebody has a distressed property and they're needing to unload the property, it's really understanding what is the problem and then from your view, what is the best solution uh, to that problem. And so it's really, it's understanding people and showing somebody how they can get what they want by giving you what they want, what you want. So if I'm looking to buy a property at a discount, I'm looking for people that have a need to sell a property at a discount, they've got a problem. Yes. You know? so, I want to come and show them how I can help them solve that problem. And you can absolutely take proven sales techniques to make you more effective in that communication with that distressed homeowner or an investor or whoever else you're, you're talking to. Love that. And with that in mind, hey, I'd love to just do a little role play, even though you are not, at least I don't think you are a professional real estate investor. I think- I'm not. <laughs> You know enough about this that you could jump in and you probably know the same amount as a new real estate investor because we have new people listening to our show all the time that are thinking about doing real estate investing. So, you know, this could be a great little role play here. So you're going to be the real estate investor, the person trying to buy the house, and I'm going to be a home seller, someone that's in a distressed situation. And I'm going to give a situation that, hey, I just encountered myself a couple of weeks ago and bought a house from someone in this situation. So I'm going to be the person that is um, behind on payments, you know, having problems, my utility bills aren't paid, and I've decided I've got to move out of state quickly. And you came to me through someone else and let's just start and have a conversation and we'll see what comes out in it. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So, so I would just, you know, knock on the door. I'm coming to your home, right? Yep. You're in my house. We're, we're here. I just so. knock on the door. You're going to answer the door. Uh, hey, Holly, it's really nice to meet you. My name's Eric Laughlin. I appreciate the opportunity to come over and, and just spend a little bit of time with you and see if I can help you out with your situation. Well, I hope you can help me out because, I mean, I need, um, I, I need to get $700,000 from this house. And, you know, I, I heard an investor said, you know, that you, someone like you can only pay $550,000, but um, I need to get $700,000 and, and I need to leave like really soon. So what can you do? Yeah. Well, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and I'm going to do my absolute best to help you. Um, would it be okay if you showed me around the house a little bit? Um, yeah, I'm a little embarrassed because, you know, we have a lot of stuff in it, and you know, I guess we've collected a lot of things. So, yeah, we can walk around. Yeah, if you're okay with that. I, it doesn't really matter to me that, that whether you're, you have things around the home or not that aren't picked up. I just want to take a look around because I'm going to be able to determine – 
you know, I'm prepared to make you a cash offer. So I'd like to be able to determine what's the highest amount that I can offer you to help you out with your situation. So yeah, let's go take a look around. Now, okay. While I'm walking around with you, um, I'm going to be wanting to build rapport and I'm going to be looking for things like on your wall where there's common ground, just so I can build a little bit of rapport, you know, ask you questions, anything you can tell me about the house. And so, so we're going to do that. And um, so let's just say we've, we've toured around the property. Okay. Said, All right. Well, why don't we, why don't we have a seat at the, at the kitchen table and, and we can talk a little bit more specific about your situation. How does that sound? Okay. So do you think you can get me that $700,000 I need? Um, I'm not sure about that just yet, but uh, here's what I'd like to suggest. Um, let me ask you some questions about your situation to better understand exactly what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And then after I understand that, I can let you know what my recommendation is. At this point, I'm not even sure if I can make an offer or not, but if it's mm -hmm. all with you, I'd just like to ask you some questions and uh, we can go from there. And if you have any questions, ask of me. Yeah, I'm happy to answer those as well. How, how does that sound? Uh, okay, I guess that's okay, but I really need that $700,000. Okay, excellent. So tell me, um, do you know how much is currently owed on the property? Yeah, there's, um, it's about 480,000 is owed on it. Okay, and um, are you current on the payments? Or are you behind? And if you're behind, how much behind are you? Well, in this situation, it's a reverse mortgage and it, the balance just goes up $2,500 every month. And oh, the money's just like flying out. It's just so much so fast. So we just got to get out. We're behind on our electric bill and we don't really have much food money or anything. And, and we, we just need to go. We're going to go move in with some family in Washington. And we need money for a moving van right now, too. Okay. All right. Um, how quickly are you wanting to move? Oh, we could go tomorrow. Okay, you're, you're ready to go right away. All right, fine. Mm -hmm. So let's just say it worked out and I was able to purchase the property from you so you could be relieved of the property. Um, what would that allow you to do? Oh, it would be great because this weather is so hot. My mom, she's just laying on this mattress and we're blowing fans on her. And oh, I just, I just feel so bad for her. We just have to get out of here and, and her dogs. And yeah, we just, we just got to get out. We got to start all over. We, we just have to get out and it would be great just to, to leave. And I know I have all this stuff in the house and I don't know what I can do about that. I don't know. Can I, is that a problem if I just leave all the, the stuff and all this extra furniture and boxes and things or? Um, would you prefer it if you just literally just walked away from, from the house, just took the important belongings to you and left everything else behind? Would that be your preference? Oh yes. That, if you could do that, I mean, is that something you could do? It's possible. I mean, I don't know the answer right now, but it is possible. So what I would do at this point, um, I would go in, and this is for all of you watching this, I, I would advise you to this anytime you have a presentation, is I would go in <clears throat> with a strategy of the key points you want to cover in the order that you want to cover them in. And so in my process, this is, this is the book that I wrote, and we're going to offer you a free copy of it digitally for any of you that would like it. What I teach in the book is is a sequence to delivering an effective presentation. It starts with trust and rapport. So the very first thing that I wanna do when I enter into the home is build trust and rapport. I'm looking for common ground. I wanna do the best that I can to assure the potential seller that I can help them solve their problem. I know what I'm doing. 
um, that I can get them cash quickly if that's what it is that they want. And then I'm going to want to ask them a series of probing questions. And the easiest way to persuade or influence somebody is to find out what they want and give it to them. And the way to find out what they want is by asking questions. And so obviously everybody's going to want to have, they're going to want to get the max amount of money and they're going to most likely sell it as quickly as they can. That's probably, probably what they want. And so when you ask them questions, you're going to be able to determine um, what's important to them. I remember selling a home. It wasn't a distressed property, but I sold a home when I was in San Diego and we got an offer uh, very quickly after it went on the market. And I was living in San Diego and I wanted to move to Rockland, California, where I currently live. And my wife and I, our number one outcome was not the highest price. We just wanted to get out of the property quickly. And we had a couple hundred thousand in equity. Whether we got 200 or 210 or 220 or 230 or 240, it really didn't matter. Mm. What mattered was once the property sold, we then got to move. And so we ended up taking the very first offer we got and the property sold in nine days. Now, the fact that it sold that quickly and it, you know, then it went through escrow, <clears throat> but we started the escrow process after nine days. The fact that it sold that quickly, we probably could have gotten more, mm -hmm. but that wasn't what our need was. And so you're not gonna know what somebody's need is until you ask them. And if you're a seasoned real estate investor, one of your greatest persuasion assets is storytelling. Mm. So if I want to, like the example you, you said to me was, hey, could you just leave all the, can I just leave all my stuff here? If I had a story like that, I'd say, you know, I actually bought a property one time and they said the exact same thing that you said. They said, can we just leave all our stuff here? And if it's true, we ended up closing that deal in five days. And they were relieved of, of the, the liability and they were able to move on with their life. And they were so happy that that was able to, to happen for them. So, you know, I have done that in the past. Obviously, I'm not going to make that up. But right. if you have stories, you want to be strategic in the preparation of your stories. And then um, I don't, because I haven't been actively involved in real estate deals. I don't know all the nuances that I would do in the close, but the, the bottom line is it's all about preparation and you go in with a prepared plan. It's going to increase your confidence and you're going to be more likely to get them to say yes. I love it. And I would definitely be so bold as to say, even though you're not a seasoned real estate investor, that you would probably close a lot more than someone that's done a ton of analysis on a computer and looked at comps and looked at values and done that, but they haven't had that face-to-face. -face. I mean, I would say that people skills are a huge necessity if you're going to negotiate directly with sellers, like what we're talking about here. So, yeah. Well, I had a situation one time, and this, this is not a real estate example, but it's a negotiation example. And I was recruiting this guy to come work for me. His name is Keith. And we had our agreement in place as far as how he would be compensated and all that. And he was ready to go except for one thing. And I said, what is it, Keith? He goes, I just signed the lease. He lived in Florida at the time. I just signed a six month lease in Florida. And so I can't come out to California until the lease is up. 
And so I said, well, is that the only thing that would prevent you from moving out to California and coming to work with me? And he said, yes. That's an, a, a technique called isolate the objection. Hmm. So when they say to you, whatever the, their objection is, let's say it's money. You're wanting 700000 and I'm offering you 600000 And so I say to you, so is $100,000, is that the only thing that's standing in the way of you agreeing to this deal with me? And you say, yes, I now just eliminated all of the other objections. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, is that the only thing that's preventing you from moving to California? And he said, yes. And I said, well, how much is your rent? And it was like, I don't know, $800 a month. So I said, let me ask you this, Keith. So six months times 800 is $4,800. If I cut you a check, for $4,800 and you hand that over to your landlord, which would relieve your obligation from the lease, would you move out to California? And he said, yes. And that's exactly what happened. I cut him that check and he moved out to California. This ties into your point about people skills. It's really understanding what is important to people. And in, in, in my world, I call it the hinge point. And the hinge point is what actually causes the influence. So you might go into this assumption that, you know, everyone wants the highest price. Well, for me, when I moved to Rockland, it was just, I wanted to sell the property so I could get on with my life. And it's really understanding people. And that's where the probing questions comes in, is you ask them these questions to find out what's most important to them. And you, you might give them a hypothetical scenario, like in this example, I understand that you want 700,000. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm probably only gonna be able to offer you around $500,000 for this property. Now, you'd mentioned that you owe 480 on it, and what that would mean if, that, if those numbers are accurate, and I haven't verified it, but if that's true, I'm gonna be able to give you a check for $20,000. You're not gonna have to move anything you don't want to, and you're gonna be able to move on with your life, and I'm gonna be able to help you do that. Now, for what you're trying to accomplish to get 700,000, one, I don't even think this market would, would bear it, but you would have to go the residential real estate agent route. You have to hire an agent, go through that process. You're going to continue to make these monthly payments. And if you're in a situation where you need cash, it may be far better for you to get a check for $20,000 and be able to move on. Now, I don't know what, you're, what is most important to you. But if I gave you a $20,000 check today, if we made that work for you financially, would you like me to take the property off your hands? And it's really coming from a place of I'm here to help you. And that maybe that is the best I can do. And so I'm just, I'm not there to gouge them. I'm just there to communicate. Here's what I can do for you. And then they say yes, or they say no. And you really, I would encourage all of you, if you're, if you're dealing in that distressed market, who you're being is very, very important. So we have an essence to us. So I can show up as sincerity. I literally can walk into the home and I can be the state of sincerity where they can feel that sincerity. And that will make a difference because I would imagine that that person might have their guard up. Mm -hmm. Oh, this person's coming in and they're trying to gouge me. Yeah. When they're like this, to influence them, we want them to lower their resistance. And that's where the rapport comes in, using language like, I'm here to help you. I'm going to make the best offer that I can. And I don't know if it's going to work for you or not, but just know that's the place I'm coming from. I'm going to do my best that I can to help you out of this situation. And if you'd like me to help you and the numbers that I'm going to present you work for you, then 
then I, I, you know, I, I'm happy to assist you as best I can. And you just, it's a key thing to think about. Who are you being when you're with them? Because especially when you're face to face, they're going to get a vibe off of you. Are you being nervous? Are you being greedy? Are you being pressure? Like, how are you showing up? And you can show up as compassion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this was my real situation a couple of weeks ago. I did buy this person's house. We closed in four days, almost three days, but had a hiccup at escrow. And I think, oh, I know that the seller could feel when I said, I wish I could pay you more for your house, but I can't. I mean, I do this business to make a profit and I have a responsibility to investors and team members and I can't do it at a loss. And she understood that. She was enough in her mind that she could figure that out, but she could feel me saying, you know, she could feel my pain and empathy for her as she sat in her hoarder house with all of her junk and all of this stress and not knowing, you know, what to do. And you are so right. People can feel it. If they're going to feel, if you come in, like I'm here to take what I can and I'm going to just, you know, if you come in with a sense of toughness, I mean, it's, I think more than anything, any distressed seller needs to feel that compassion and empathy because they are in distress, whatever that distress is, a death or a divorce, or they're behind on their bills. They made mistakes financially and now they're in a big stressful situation. So yeah, I would say empathy is huge. And, and one of the techniques that you used that we can all learn from, it's called the because frame. Oh, so it's especially powerful in a negotiation if you give them a reason why. So, you know, I really wish I could give you more money. It, from my side of it, I'm going to be bringing an investor money to the table. So what we're going to do here, the reason we're able to close so quickly, we're not going to go with, if this is all true, I, I'm yeah, just, of course. the reason we're going to close it so quickly is I'm going to come in with an all cash offer. So I need to now go out and go to my investors to bring that money in. And in order for me to get the investors to go all cash, I have to show them how this is going to help them financially because they have what their needs are. You have what your needs are. I'm here to help solve your problem. And so the most I'm going to be able to offer you is 500,000 because I, if, if it's 550, I can't even go to the investor. They're not going to, they're not going to take it. So this is going to, you can use language like this. This is going to allow me to go to bat for you. I'm going to go to bat to go get this money to get you out of the situation. And so that's, that's going to be the most I can do. And, that, and that's the reason why. You, you can understand that from your perspective, right? And they go, yeah. So when people have the understanding um, behind it, you know, it's, it, it can really make a difference in them agreeing uh, to the deal. I love that. Well, and before, this has been so fun. We're getting through the show so fast, but I'd really like to also, if you could give us some ideas addressing how, I know it's confusing because it's investor, investor, but I do go out and raise what we call private money. So from individual people that have money sitting in a bank account or in an IRA or in stock market funds, and they decide they want to invest with me. So um, I'd love to do another role play, but I want to give you a little bit of background on it. So what I offer to people is a fixed rate of return between 8 and 10%. And that is not as good as some stock market investments, but it's better than others. But the nice thing is it's 
a fixed rate. I can't say the word guaranteed, even though I am guaranteeing it and I personally guarantee it. It's a fixed rate of return and it's secured by real estate. So one of the objections that I've had to overcome is the rate of return. They think they want more and I sell them on why a lower rate, but it is a fixed rate. They don't have to worry about the ups and downs of the market. Um, so why don't we address that? So if someone is offering a a private money investment where they're, they're going to give an investor essentially a mortgage on a house, you know, that I'm flipping. So I give my investor that note on the house uh, I'm offering and um, it's not, the interest rate isn't as high and as appealing. So you get to be the me again, you get to be the money raising investor and I'm going to be Mrs. Moneybags and let's um, address the objection that the interest rate isn't high enough because I know investors may encounter that. So let's do that one. Yeah, well, I'll just tell you strategically how, how I'd approach it. So one is um, I would address it in the probing questions. Okay. So I would say that, um, you know, I'm excited to meet with you and present to you um, what I can do for you in terms of offering you did you say the language is fixed rate of return? Is that what you said? Yes, fixed rate yeah. of return. Fixed rate of return. And so for a lot of investors, this is really appealing um, for some of your portfolio or possibly even a lot of your portfolio, depending on what your goals are. And one of the things about the stock market that a lot of investors don't like is the volatility of the stock market. And it can go fantastic and you also can get wiped out at the same time, as you know. So I just want to ask you some questions about what's most important to you um, from an investing standpoint. So um, do you currently have money in the stock market? And then they say whatever they say. Yeah. And then I would ask them, um, have you ever uh, purchased notes before? If that's what you call what you're doing. Have right. you ever bought notes before? Um, what type of return when you're looking at stocks, what type of return do you typically look for? When you go into, into um, secured investments, what type of return um, are you looking for? I would ask them these types of questions. And there's a thing called a buyer fingerprint. And a buyer fingerprint is how we all have our own unique fingerprint. That's why you, know, you get fingerprinted because it's, it's unique to you. And we have a buyer fingerprint. And that has to do with how we make buying decisions. So when somebody's investing money, if they have a history of investing, they have a buyer fingerprint. So you can ask them questions around their buyer fingerprint. Like when you're looking at stocks, what are you looking for? Um, have you ever thought in terms of a percentage of your portfolio in different asset categories? Um, if so, what does that look like? Um, when, when you look at, have you invested in notes before? When you look at a note, what's most important to you? And what they'll do is they'll tell you what is important to them. So simple example, like with a car, if you say to somebody, tell me about the last car you bought. How many, time, how many dealerships did you go to before you made a buying decision? Did you buy or lease? Did you have a trade-in? Was anyone else involved in the decision? Did you use a credit union or did you pay cash? Well, all those answers, they, just, they communicate the pattern. So if I'm selling you a car and you say you went to five dealerships before you made a buying decision, and I say, well, how many dealerships have you been to when you're on my lot? And you go, this is the first one. If you tell me, I need to do some research. You're probably telling me the truth. Right. But if I try to close you, it's not happening because of your buyer fingerprint. So maybe you're a stock market investor, but you've also invested into notes and you tell me your, your print for notes and I'm going to match up 
what's great about my notes, and another thing that's really important is the story. So your story around the deals you've done and the, how you've gotten the money back and you know, you've never once, every, every note you've ever, you've always paid out on and in most cases it's faster than normal and whatever the story is. And if I'm a new investor, I'm probably, as far as borrowing money, I'm probably gonna wanna get a team of people so I can go, my partner, Dante, who's been a real estate investor for the last 25 years, he and I, so now I'm not saying, well, this is my first deal. Right. I'm leveraging the story and I might partner with Dante until I can tell the story on my own because if I've never done a deal before, who's going to want to give me money, right? Right. Dante, I can bring him in and even if I have to give him a piece of the deal, I'm borrowing his, his experience. Um, but the story, the story of the deal, the story of why the property is such a great property why you're, you know, about your track record. You know, my story as a sales trainer, I was a bottom producer. I got trained, I became a top producer. And what's implied in the story is, if I can do it, you can do it. So somebody watching this goes, yeah, Eric, I was never trained like you. Wow, maybe you can help me. So that's what's coming across in the story. There's tremendous persuasion inside of the story. So I don't wanna ask probing questions. And then if you are giving me these, um, the objections about the return, it, it might not be the right fit. You might not be the kind of person that's the right fit for me because I'm looking for somebody that is excited about eight to ten percent guaranteed or fixed. No, it's okay. Now that I told you that, yeah. And I've had to go to investors, existing investors, and reduce the rate of return. We used to pay ten to twelve percent in the market a few years ago, but margins have gotten tighter. It's gotten really competitive here in Southern California, and I had to go to them and say, "Hey, I need to reduce your interest." payments. I cut monthly checks to everybody. And after they've been getting that monthly checks, you know, their choice was get it a little bit lower and still get it or don't get it at all and go somewhere else and go back to the stock market or something. They all stayed, but I had proven myself over time and I did the takeaway. I didn't just come in and say, I'm putting it down and you don't have a sale. I said, hey, this is what the market can bear. Market conditions have changed such that this, and it was true. It wasn't just me being greedy. It was. Yeah, there's a because frame again. Mm -hmm. That's the market, this is what I need. And then a lot of them were all of them said, okay, right? Yep, they all did. There you go. Yeah. You did the close frame and that persuaded them. And I love what you said about teaming up with someone. I tell new investors that all the time. This is a huge amount of money when you're buying and selling houses, especially, you know, if they're going to sell themselves to a realtor to say, hey, realtor, bring me deals on houses I can flip if they've never done a deal it's hard for them if they don't have that reputation and credibility. So I'll tell them, get some, you know, be part of my team. Say, oh, I'm with Holly McCann's team and we have flipped over 200 houses. We're quick cash closers, blah, blah, blah. Because it's so much more powerful, as you just said, when you can lean on the experience of a team. When you're brand new, people aren't going to want to do business with you. So I love that tip. Great. Well, we are at the end of our time, but I would love for you to share with how people can get more of your great information, get your book. Uh, I think you even offer some kind of a little strategy session. So tell us all about that. Yeah, I've got a couple great free offers. So you know at this point if you've connected with my message. And if you've connected and you want to get better at sales, 
I can help you, no question. The biggest money I've ever seen is in real estate investing. So add in my communication skills to your real estate investing, I can help you become a millionaire or a multimillionaire if you're already a millionaire, whatever your goals are. So you get a digital copy of my book for free. You can buy it on Amazon, but I'll give it to you for free. Go to my website, saleschampion.com, saleschampion.com. Right on the homepage is the button. You instantly get the digital version of this book for free. And then the second offer is to pair you up with one of my coaches. My coaches, they've been mentored by me. They're on the phone with people just like you that want to get better all day long. And so what we do is we give you a free sales assessment to help you identify your sales strengths, your sales weaknesses, and your greatest opportunities. So we give you the assessment for free, and then I'm gonna pair you up with one of my coaches, and they're gonna coach you on that. So that's $195 value. You're gonna to need to text me, and my cell phone, it's 916-626-1945. 916-626-1945. This is a text offer. Text me there, say that you were on, on this podcast with Holly and I, and you'd like the free assessment. Then we'll email you the assessment. We'll pair you up with a coach. It's all free, no cost, no obligation. We're just going to help you. Now, the reason we do that, we help you. Maybe you'd like to purchase some of our services down the road, but there's no obligation for that. This is all about initially just creating value for you and helping you. Awesome. I love it. And two of the biggest, I would say, challenges that I see new investors have are, A, they're scared. They're scared to be making that um, connection and contact with sellers. They'll do all this marketing and they're like, oh no, I got someone that wants to meet with me to sell me their house. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. So I'm assuming that your programs and coaching could give them the confidence to go and meet with those sellers so they don't need to be scared anymore, right? For what you're describing that particular problem, if you're watching this and you're having confidence issues, first of all, I get it, okay? I was a beginning salesperson, so I know what that's like. And here's the challenge though. If you're having problems with the confidence, then you're probably not out there taking the action that you could. Right. So you're studying real estate. You're learning all these strategies of how to flip properties and fix them up and whatever it is that you do, Let's get you the confidence so you can go out and help people solve their problems. Because when you buy or sell a property, when you bring an investor in, you're creating real value in the marketplace. So absolutely, this would all be about giving you the confidence because think about it. Once you have the confidence, you have it for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And it carries over into so many other aspects when you're confidently negotiating with the contractor who's going to fix that house after you buy the house. Well, and the next level is say people are getting the appointments and they're confident, but maybe they're not closing. And I would say a typical minimum, what we call wholesale fee for someone that's going to flip the deal to someone else is $5,000. So if they're getting the appointment, but they're losing the sale to another investor or to someone else, that's $5,000. Boom, poof. It's like, shouldn't they invest a little time, energy, and money and getting better at that? Because one sale, 5,000 bucks, there's not a lot of industries that you can 
make $5,000 more from a quick success, right? Well, here's the thing. It doesn't matter what industry, professional training is the name of the game. You want to be a doctor, you want to be a chiropractor, you want to be a dentist, you want to be a fill in the blank. So me, when I got into sales, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get professional training. As a real estate investor, there's different skill sets that you need. You got to learn how to do it. You got to learn the negotiation. You got to learn the this, you got to learn the that. Well, the sales piece of it, for some of you watching this, you've got all the other pieces. And now it's just having the people skills and that confidence. That's the only thing that's standing in the way of you making five grand or on larger deals, 25,000 or on larger deals, 50,000, $100,000 or more. And you know, just do whatever it takes. Today's my offer is free. So it doesn't even cost yeah. me. <laughs> and I'm really, really good at what it is that I do and I can help you. You know, that's, this is what I do for a living all day, every day. I'm working with people, helping them to become more successful. I actually have one, uh, he's a real estate agent, but he also is an investor and I've gotten him to pursue a goal of acquiring over his career, a hundred million dollars in real estate. And we started off working on his agent side. Now he's working on the investment side, taking all the personal development skills, people skills, closing skills to help him successfully do that. So, you know, just I can help you and just let me do it for free. So go to the website, ask for the free coaching session via text and, and allow me to help you. I love it. And if you can't tell, I'm pretty passionate about this and the need for it because rarely do I see in real estate education programs much, if any, training on this, on sales or influence, whatever. And I see so many people that are not as successful as they could be as if they had a little bit of help with this. So that's why I'm so excited. Thank you so much for all of your time today and all of the great tips and strategies. I can't wait to listen to this several times to, to hear all of the things that I can do to improve my own sales and influence. So with that, Thank you so much for being here. We'll have all of those details in the show notes in case you missed it, the phone number, the website, get your free copy of his book, The System, and make yourself some more money. Thank you, Eric. Thanks, Holly. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.